This is the M6P with your host, Anthony Kirby. And Jared Mayo. Jared Aloysius Mayo. How are you? Dude, how'd you know my middle name? I think I think it's in a previous episode or something like that. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing just as well here. Yesterday, I was not doing all that hot. Uh, as I texted you this morning, I was in bed shivering with weirdo dreams uh, about pizza, actually, uh, and green peppers. But... And that's actually what I have for dinner tonight. How crazy is that? Um, no, I think I had a touch of the malarias. Mm, just a touch? I think so, because usually it's like really bad. I mean, it's supposed to come on you very suddenly, which this did. Like mm-hmm. toward the middle of the day, I was like, oh, no, I can't take it. And I had to go home. Uh, I had to walk home, which that's not that far. It sounds worse than it is. I had to walk home, and then I was doing emails, and I couldn't move because I was getting dizzy, and I was getting achy, and I was getting all feverish. And then I was like, I can't do this. I got to go to sleep, man. Oh, no. So what is what is malaria, and how do you get it? Okay, so malaria is a parasite that lives in the saliva glands of a mosquito. And when that mosquito bites you, it injects it into your bloodstream, and they're called plasmoids, I think, or plasmoids, I think so. And they infect your red blood cells to the point where, like, they fill up and multiply until they pop. Um, And so that's that's what happens. Like, your red blood cells start to fill up and pop, um, and then you get super sick. Because things aren't happening the right way in your body. And then you have to take malaria medicine. Sometimes you got to get an injection and everything. Holy cow. That's like for your red blood cells to pop seems really intense and painful. Yeah. Yeah. So and then how a mosquito gets it is that person who has malaria, um, they, you know, get bit by that mosquito. And then it goes into the mosquito and then the spores go into their salivary glands and then they inject them. I can't, I can't remember. I taught this in biology last year, not this, not this past year, but the year before. I can't remember. It's an, an example of like a life cycle that has two different things, kind of like um, aliens, alien versus predator. You know how like you've watched the alien movies, right? I, I've not watched. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We watched, we watched uh, Predator One together, Jennifer and I, uh, yes. a couple weeks ago. And I, I mean, I'd seen a- Predator One and Two, but I haven't seen the Aliens one yet because she said she doesn't want to watch them, and I hadn't had time to watch them alone. I understand. <laughs> I just, I loved how you answered that question. Uh, I, 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 no. <laughs> so anyway, what are we talking about? This, the alien, <laughs> the, the face hugger is like a different species than the alien that comes out of the person, which is like what the chest buster or chest burster or whatever. And so mm-hmm. they have two different life cycles. Anyway, it's like malaria. It was, it kind of makes me think like chicken or egg, like which one came first? Is it like the, the parasite that lives in the salivary glands of the mosquito or that's in your blood system? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. But, and so huh? go ahead. Tons of people here get malaria all the time. Now, I'm supposed to be taking malaria prophylaxis medicine every single day. 
And there were several days that I skipped in a row, I realized. And that that's what made me think, uh-oh, malaria. Oh, was it just an accident that you skipped or you just didn't feel like doing it? The It hurts your stomach, man. Like, my stomach hasn't been settled since I moved here. Oh, that's probably why I That's why I look so good and lost so much weight. Oh, uh, you have lost a lot of weight, man. I know. I look kind of gaunt. No, I just saw you. You don't look gaunt. I don't, I don't know. think so. For the first time ever in my life, I think, I looked in the mirror, like, this was a month ago or two months ago, and I, I saw, like, I look like my brother in the face. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've never I've never seen that before, but I looked in, I was like, I can see Mark's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching I, you. I mean, I, I feel like I'm admitting that I've always had a fat face. <laughs> oh, poor Mark. <laughs> No, no, because I saw his face when I lost a lot of weight. Okay, okay, I got you then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've always thought you looked a lot like Mark. And and Becky, too. Like, you can definitely tell y'all are related. Yeah, but that Abby, no, no. Nope. No, but she just posted uh, pictures of you today. Of me? Yeah, there was pictures that came up on my Facebook timeline of you two. Of me and Abby? Yeah. Of you and Abby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, she texted me today, so that's something. Yeah, maybe she was thinking of you. Oh, shucks. Here they are. Abby and her last name is with Andy and Jackie and your last name. Still giving me encouragement and making me laugh even though he's a million miles away. Miss you, man. Heart emoji. Oh, shucks. She's so funny. One of these pictures is from 2003. One is from 2003. 2007, like just a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I guess the last time I saw her was my grandfather's funeral. I think maybe one other time. I can't remember. Yeah, it's the worst. I can't remember. So what's new with you? What are you doing? I heard you were laying out and tanning in the rain. Is that true? How did you know that? Did I tell you that? No, no. I <laughs> I have eyes. I have spies everywhere. I need to relook at my text messages to you. I didn't realize I told you what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I laid out today because it rained every day this week. So I just needed some vitamin D, you know. So yeah. I got some, some uh, vitamin D and I prepped for the show. And... Uh, I have arrived at the show now, and it's raining outside, so it was a really good timing. What kind of temperature is going on out there? Not, I mean, our listeners want to know the temperature in Ohio. Uh, it's 81, <laughs> but I feel like Togo would have us beat. Uh, it's 82 right now. Oh, okay. But is it, isn't it super humid over there? Oh, yes, and it's it's almost 9 p.m., so there's that. Is it the the hot season now or the cold season? It's the cold season now. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be walking outside in the middle of the day, and it's 95, and ooh, it's a chilly 95. <laughs> they got coats on. They do, man. They do. <laughs> they they ride they ride down the mountain in their motos on their motos, and they have like puffy vests and jackets and everything, and like. When I go outside and talk to the gardeners, they're like, oh, uh, I don't even know my French anymore. The fait chaud, fait chaud. I mean, no, that's really hot. Fait froid. That's really cold. They'll say fait froid, fait froid. And I'll be like, today? Are you serious? But you don't speak back to them in French? What'd you say? You don't speak back to them in French and say, today, you're serious? Aujourd'hui, vraiment? 
That's what I say. That means today, <laughs> for reals, yo. You say, parlay anglais? Parlay anglais, right? Yeah. I've been working on my Eve. Oh, another language. That's the local language. Is that right? Yes, that's the main local language here. So when I go to church up in Patatuku, they are actually not Eve. They're Kabie, but they know Eve. And so I speak to them in Eve, and they all laugh, and they think it's great. <laughs> They're all laughing uh, at the they're laughing at the Yovo. That's what they call us. I walked by an old lady yesterday who was at the hospital and she was like, Yovo and uh, oh. that, that's what they call white people here. So and I I, I was like, Oh bonjour. Is is it derogatory? <clears throat> um, I think they see so few white people that it's not derogatory. But like I think it's called like Crafty Fox, so I would say that that's derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> that's terrible. Oh my gosh. And yeah, you just said hello. <laughs> Good morning, hey, man. Yeah, you said she said hey, Crafty Fox, and you said Good morning. You're yeah. like. Yep, that's me. Yep. That's, I mean, that's what you can do. All the kids, when you're driving in the village, like, they all gather around the car, and they're all like, Yovo, 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 like, all in unison. And they're all running around with no clothes on, peeing everywhere. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Anyway. So, you're laying out. Is there, can we, can we, can I talk <laughs> about this? This, this, the reason why you're laying out and you got a coach and stuff? Oh, well, I'm just laying out because it's the summer, but I, I am get prepping to do a, a bodybuilding show, but that's not until 2022. So it's pretty far away, but you just have to start early. And I'm just tanning because I, I think I look better with a little bit of color on my Yovo. <laughs> a little, little sun-kissed Yovo, huh? Yeah, you don't want to burn your Yovo, but you want it to be a little a little darker. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Now, explain can you can you explain a little bit about this competition? Like what are there different categories? Are there different classes or or weight classes or or is it just simply the best? As Tina would put it. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm still learning myself. I just knew that at some point in time I wanted to do a show and uh, with restrictions kind of um, going away, like I want to I want to get ready and and get it going. So I met with because like I'm a personal trainer and I'm a personal coach myself, but training for a bodybuilding show is something I've never done and I've never been good at coaching myself. So I've always gotten coaches for various things. And uh, so I got one and she's been you know going through the whole thing with me changing uh how i eat to put on more muscle and and uh getting me prepped but i'm still like i'm like uh almost a year away from competing so i've still had a long time so is it are you seeing different results i know you just started but are you seeing different results than when you had a coach and just were trying to become more muscular and more fit yeah because this is like so bodybuilding is different than, you know, just getting in shape. So bodybuilding is like you have to you need to have certain muscles be larger and you have to have certain definition and you have to you need to be a certain size uh, of, you know, how big you are. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's very it's very different. The eating is totally different. Like I'm eating clean and I've never done a clean diet. I've always eaten dirty and cut dirty. And uh, 
so it's it's just I'm learning a, a lot of stuff. You know, when you think you know it all and you get like a new book with all new information is kind of what I compare it to. So what does that mean? Like a clean diet? Like I, I know nothing about this. So how, how is yeah. the diet different? So a clean is all whole foods and no dairy. So it's like rice and ground turkey and ground beef, uh, vegetables, vegan yogurt, vegan butter, gluten-free bread. Um, trying to think that's, like that's about usually what I eat. A banana, I have a banana. Uh, blueberries. Like I have the same thing every day, and then I get two cheat meals a week to kind of rock my system and shock it again and and scare it and get it into uh, working mode again, as opposed to being used to you know getting familiar. So I had my cheat meal on Wednesday, and I, I hope all these Marvel people just love hearing about this stuff. But they may. I, you what? They they may care about it. I don't know. I care about it. I had my cheat meal on Wednesday and I ate an entire pizza (laughs) and I just, I sat down to just have two pieces, but I was so hungry. I just kept eating and eating. I was like, well, might as well have dessert too. So I had some ice cream with it and it was just so, because it's the same thing eating every day and I'm fine with that, but it's nice to throw a wrench in there every once in a while and have some pepperoni and and Butterfinger ice cream. Oh, Nice. So do you and Jennifer eat different things, man? Yeah, she's, I mean, she's eating, she's on a a plan that I've got her on for her body goals. So she does that. Uh, But we meal prep on Sunday, like for three hours, just getting all the food that we're going to eat ready for the entire week. And uh, that way you're not making it every night. You know, that was crazy. We tried that and that was just way too much. Right. Right. But I feel like, I feel like your diet is probably comparable to mine when it comes to like whole foods and stuff well when you were talking about it yeah i was thinking that that's a lot of what i eat um obviously that's why i'm so muscular and tan now Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh yeah we eat rice probably every single day um chicken and then just vegetables we really don't i mean i have no idea what's in our flour uh except for bugs i know there are bugs in our flour um but we've gotten to the point where we don't care about that (laughs) <laughs> and it's, it's too much work to sift that out. So they get baked in with the bread. <laughs> just crunch, right? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about big bugs. I mean, just like weevils, like small little things, you know? Oh, you don't have cicadas. It's cicada season over here. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. How 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 crazy is it over there? In my area, we don't really have cicadas. But I worked in Cincinnati this week. And the second I got on I-75, they just started dive bombing the car. It's psycho how many there are. <laughs> you can have the music blaring in your car, windows up, and you hear them outside. Just really? making noises. It's crazy. Wow. So how is it over there? Um, is it, are people still masked up and everything? Or what's going on? Uh, really just kind of depends where you are. Uh, here, not so much. I mean, you will see some people, you know, driving in their car alone, <laughs> wearing a mask. And you'll see people walking their dogs outside by themselves wearing two masks. And it I don't know. I just pray for humanity when I see that. But <laughs> there's like, I don't know. There's The restrictions have been lifted here in my area. So there's not a whole lot of people wearing masks. But there still are some people uh, that are just wearing them 
for their own reasons inside, you know, Walmart and stuff like that. And, you know, that's their choice. Right, right. What's going on in Togo? Here, it's people wear a mask at the hospital because they think they're going to get in trouble if they don't. Um, But everybody, if they're wearing a mask, they're not wearing it right. Um, The soldiers yell at people for not wearing masks, but they don't have masks on. And, you know, (laughs) that's, that's just... That's just how it is. Uh, there's supposed to be restrictions about how many people per car, but they just let them go. And I mean, it's kind of business as usual, except they like to, uh, I got to choose my words carefully. They like to put forth that they're making a big effort. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, to to be responsible, I guess, in the eyes of other people. Well said, Andy. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I have to be careful what I say, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, I definitely watched my words as well. Do do you guys have uh, the vaccines over in Togo? Or is that Ooh, not a thing? Interesting question. Yes. So we were uh, one day, all of a sudden, we were handed a list and say, write down everybody who is going to or would get the vaccine. Um And this would be hospital staff, because for those of you that don't know, I work in a hospital. And um, then there was a list that was handed to me for review. And I saw a lot of the expat names on it. And I said, did you ask these people? And they were like, no, 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 we didn't ask them. But they they you know, they could get it. And I said, is this a list of who could get it or a list of if you write your name down, you have to get it. And they were like, oh, we don't know the local medical government asked us to do this. And I was like, I would ask these people if they want their names on the list. And so eventually everybody's name got taken off the list, every expat. Um, And they came here, like everybody, all the doctors were like, oh, it's going to be five years before we get a vaccine here. Uh, And they came here like a month later with tons of AstraZeneca vaccines. So, Mm -hmm. and they started just handing them out or uh, administering them at the hospital. Um, and we didn't do it. It was it was the local uh, local medical authority in the region that was doing it here at our hospital. So I think a ton of people got it. I don't really know. I don't think any expats got it. What's an expat? Oh, an expatriate, um, not a national. Somebody working in this country, somebody living in this country that's not from this country. Like a Yovo? <laughs> if their skin is white, then yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I got to... I got to practice my Mandarin the other day. We had Chinese Wait. Chinese salesmen come and try to sell us lab equipment. Well, how many languages do you know, Andy? Well, I learned Mandarin somewhat when I was in the Air Force many, many years ago. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So probably when Deidre was just born, that's when I learned Mandarin. So I've lost a lot, but... Anyway, I got to practice a little bit. And so that was exciting? Yeah, it's always, yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, you know, good Chinese. You should come over to China. <laughs> and then I looked at them and I was like, uh, and they were like, you know, after, after, after COVID. After. I was like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> You're like, uh, I still don't want to buy this stuff, though. <laughs> Be like, uh. So anyway, things are going swimmingly here. The hospital <laughs> is doing okay. Uh, and we haven't really had many COVID patients. We've had a handful, maybe 20 at most, um, but things are going pretty good here. So does Togo, I think I know the answer to this. Does Togo have movie theaters? (laughs) 
There, I'm told there is one in Lome, the capital, which is three hours away. Um, I'm told there's a movie theater there, but I have no idea if anybody's ever actually gone there. Because Black Widow's coming out in less than a month. I know, I know. Here's my goal, okay? Here's here's my plan. Here's my plan. You're still into cryptocurrency, right? Not as much as I used to be, but yes. Oh, are you really? Okay, all right. I was actually asking that, thinking that you would say no. So because of the giant dip in Bitcoin Bitcoin and uh, Dogecoin, you know, uh, I'm going to yeah. invest and then I'll make uh, a ton of money and then I'll just fly over to the United States and see it over there. All in a month? Sure, why not? Yeah. Hey, you do you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm very down right now <laughs> in my uh, cryptocurrency wallet, so I will not be able to help you with that flight. <laughs> so yeah, I, I wondered when it tanked like two weeks ago, I I thought of you and I was like, Jared's got to be out of this, right? <laughs> so Eric's sister, when it was really high, she sold and made a ton of money. Really? A ton of money. Yeah. And then uh, Jennifer's best friend's husband, he had Bitcoin like three or four years ago. He had four Bitcoin and um, somebody had told him, you need to just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Don't keep it. And so he got rid of it and he would have had $200,000. <laughs> If you yeah. would have kept it. So. Right. Ooh. It was up in the 60s, right? Wasn't it up at 64,000? It, yeah, it was just crazy. I don't I don't have any Bitcoin, but the other stuff I had was up high too. And that was nice for a couple weeks. Did you, <laughs> did you go into Doge, Dogecoin? I do have some Dogecoin. Do you have any Bitcoin? Any uh, crypto? I do not have any crypto. No, no. I don't, I don't really understand it. And so I'm hesitant to get into that. Yeah. Uh, Eric Kramer is a great tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he is. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he, he taught me everything that I know and have since forgotten, but at one time I knew a lot. So what do you use to trade? Do you use an app or a wallet? or? Yeah, there's a an app slash wallet called Coinbase. They just IPO'd, right? I don't know. Did they? I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I make sure to check my wallet a couple times a, a day, and if I see something go down and I want to get it, I'll grab a, a little bit. I don't I don't have like thousands and thousands of dollars in this or anything like that, but uh, it's just, you know, a little bit of money to play with, you know, nothing too crazy. Yeah, look at you. Look at you, an adult playing with money. <laughs> I, I don't think you should call me an adult, but... <laughs> All right. Well, you want to get started? Yeah. All right. Let's do this. All right. This is the M6P. Believe it or not, we are a comic book podcast, and we have been this whole time. Um, you <laughs> can look us up on Facebook. at uh, Our handle is the M6P. Follow us on Twitter, the M6P. You can email us at m6ploc at gmail.com. Um, is there anything else that I'm in charge of? No, because I'm in charge now, and you should check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the M6P. We're also on all the social medias like Instagram, Twitter, you name it. We're there. Just look for the M6P. Also, check us out on YouTube under the M6P. We've got a ton of new videos. We're doing some different broadcasts of Disney Plus reviews. We've had trivia shows. And uh, we'd love to have you jump over there and subscribe. So check us out on YouTube. And then lastly, if you ever want to be a part of the show, you can give us a call at 616-755-TINA. You can leave us a message and we will play your message on the air. 
I forgot. I'm the one I was in charge of that I didn't say is visit our website, vm6p.com. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, and we are sponsored by our DCB service, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, the best place on the internet to get all your pre-order single issues. What does that mean? You order two months ahead of time and you get deep, deep discounts because they get all the numbers they need right up front and they can buy at huge discounts to you. So dcbservice.com, all your single issues, and their sister site, instocktrades.com. Uh, what was it the last time? It was any issues above $60 or any uh, any orders above $60 gets free shipping. Is that correct? Oh, I thought it was $75. i am not sure. Okay. All right. Well, there is a place where you can get – there's some cutoff where you can get free shipping, but they are in stock, in stock trades. They are deep discounts, and when we're talking about DCB service – they package these books so well that they could make it to Togo if I ordered them from here, I'm sure. They would get here many, many months late, but they would get them. Uh, DCBService.com. And you get up to 40, 50% off on your single issues, if you uh, on your Marvel single issues. Yeah, they're fantastic service, and, and they there's nobody that can beat them when it comes to shipping. It's, it's crazy how good it is. We're also sponsored by community retail partnership you can check them out at crpsavings.com we are sponsored by darren's youtube page called five o'clock collectibles so check them out on youtube five o'clock collectibles and also check out themarvelousbox.com every quarter for 25 dollars you can get graphic novels worth over a hundred dollars shipped to your front door it's a blind box subscription service it's a lot of fun themarvelousbox.com all right that's fantastic I we've gotten some really good reviews on the Marvelous Box lately, haven't we? There was a young lady who I don't know if she's a listener, uh, but she said that this the Marvelous Box really got her through because she had COVID. And uh, anyway, it was very touching note uh, to hear. And in fact, she said that she liked it so much she bought her friend um, a subscription as well. So uh, Jared does go, he does the legwork on all that. He goes to great lengths to make sure that you get exactly what you want or like um, and to make sure that you are completely satisfied. Uh, He'll see what trades you got last time and if you liked them, he'll get you the next volume. If he can, uh, he does a great job with that. So be sure to check that out, themarvelousbox.com. All right, Jared Mayo, what do we got tonight on the docket? It's this afternoon for you, but it's tonight for me. Yes, we're going to be taking a look at the Hellfire Gala, or Gala, however you want to pronounce it. And we're going to be taking a look at the first episode of Loki on Disney+. Plus. Now, did you do a first episode review with the, uh, the roundtable discussion with the group? We had planned on it, and we were ready to go. And at the last minute, some things happened, and we weren't able to do that. So we're hoping to maybe do the second episode. Okay, okay. So you're not going to go back and redo that? We can spoil it all here? Absolutely. Okay, well, let's jump right in, man. What did you think? Yeah, so Loki was probably the show I was least looking forward to of the three that were announced so far. WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then Loki. Just because Loki, to me, has always been Thor's great villain, you know? And I think that uh, the MCU somewhat neutered him a little bit in making him be... um, a villainous anti-hero 
and having a lot of back and forth about what he should do. So Loki has like uh, he just has not always been my favorite in the MCU. And uh, so I was kind of like, oh, we'll just see what happens. However, as soon as the last minute of Falcon and Winter Soldier ended, I said, I need more Marvel in my life. So I'll take Loki, you know, so I was pretty excited and it was difficult to sleep the night before because these Disney Plus shows are like Santa Claus for me. So uh, I got up early, seven o'clock, came down, watched it. And I really need to see episode two now. I'm, I was very happy with it. I feel like it, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, Endgame. It, it wasn't Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But it really set the table, I think, of what's to come. It laid out stuff with the multiverse. And now that the table's been set, it's time to feast is kind of how I thought about it. How about you? Uh, very nice. I have I have many different thoughts about it. I have a couple questions, though, to help me understand first. When they were talking about the multiple timelines that eventually the timelines went to war against each other, and so the, then the timekeepers made them into the sacred timeline, is that correct so far? Yeah. Okay. So these timelines, I'm assuming they are alternate universes? Yeah. Okay. All right. So the multiverse is really just different timelines because when they were talking about timelines, I was thinking like the same universe, but different times were fighting each other. And I couldn't figure out how that was happening. To me, it sounded like there was already a secret wars, you know, like there was a secret wars that had already taken place. Like a Hickman secret war? I mean, that's kind of what that was, right? It was these various timelines that all came crashing together yeah yeah you're right you're right okay so then i i i'm not sold on the whole idea of the multiverse uh in inside the marvel universe because i don't know if we've explored this universe enough to go past that you know what i mean like i don't know why you would expand this early now i know it's been like 12 13 years um since iron man what was iron man 2008 yes but if you just had one giant saga, I mean, wouldn't you do, I don't know, wouldn't you do a different saga before you start introducing multiverse and stuff? Like, I don't know. So I'm not sure what how I feel about the that in general and the TVA, because the TVA just seems so powerful. Yeah, I, I, I'm, we don't know, you know, is this going to be how mutants in the Fantastic Four are brought in? Is that kind of why we're going for this? multiverse angle i'm not really sure and definitely the tva seems uh like thanos who you know like super powerful yeah and now i guess that even though i'm not sold on the premise i like the character development of loki because he has um he was kind of scary in the in the avengers because you feel like he's the bad guy um the big bad guy but then as time goes on he's kind of a lovable character that everybody really does enjoy but in this the first episode dug deep into like, why does he do what he does? And when he realized that there was so much more power out in the universe, more than the Tesseract, more than the Infinity Stones. And when, you know, we know what Thanos went through to get these Infinity Stones and the massive war and bloodshed. um, But then he just kind of looks at him and puts him away because he realizes that they're useless here. They really don't have that much power. It's all a sliding scale. It depends on, you know, it's all relative. And then he kind of comes to like a crisis of faith and says, well, what am I, I thought I was destined for greatness, but now I 
can't even obtain it. Uh, and it was a great introspective look. And then I thought it was an interesting twist. I, again, I'm not sold on this part, but I thought it was a neat twist where who would be his greatest enemy? And who would he get the most satisfaction out of defeating? Well, himself, because either way, he wins. If he dies, he can say, well, at least I outsmarted myself. And if he wins, he can say, well, at least I outsmarted myself. So it's really an interesting analogy or metaphor that they're going to be developing about is it if it's really a crisis of faith and it's really multifaceted of who he is, then we're going to see him be super introspective as he's fighting himself the whole time. You know, it's kind of like, did you did you see The Prestige, the movie The Prestige? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, like, that's an analogy for the... I'm not going to spoil it for you because you should watch it. But the whole movie's like, okay, well, if you go out for revenge, dig two graves because you're going to dig one for yourself. You know what I mean? Like... And so that whole movie was a picture of the guy ending up digging a grave for himself. I feel like that's what this is. It's going to be a picture of Loki fighting himself, but he really is having this inner struggle. Um, I thought something – go on. I'm sorry. No, I think you're right. I I think that was the best part was at the end that we found out that it was Loki is going to be helping the TVA take down – Loki. I'm very interested to see the mechanics of it, though. Like, it's Loki from this timeline, so is it Loki from a different timeline, or is it Loki from a different time in the same timeline? Um, Also, it's weird that this guy just came from Avengers 1 in 2012, and he seemed like he forgot, or he acted like there was some distance between that, but he just arrived there, like, you know, an hour ago. What, did you did like you I'm notice that sure or no? What what do you mean? Tell tell me more. Like okay, so at the very beginning, you see that he arrives after he escapes from Avengers. Even though it's an Endgame in his timeline, it's he's right from 2012 from Avengers, right? Yeah. Okay. So then, like he shows up at the time variance. He hasn't gone through Thor to the Dark World. He hasn't he hasn't died in Endgame or anything like that. Um, he hasn't gone through Ragnarok. Uh. And so we this character doesn't have any of that character growth and they have to somehow make him have that character growth in a split second. And that's when they show him all the pictures of everything. And he's, he does have character growth, like meaningful self-realization in that amount of time. I thought the way they did that was fantastic. But when they did that, he kind of aged himself in his thinking and mentality. Because they had to make him have character growth in such a short amount of time, it almost seems like he forgot that just an hour ago he was right there in the Avengers, uh, Avengers, the first movie in 2012. And so it made it like when he started acting, he started kind of some of the lines that he delivered sounded like, oh, that was a long time ago. So I'm asking you, did you did you notice that it felt like it was a long time ago? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I I think that watching the movie of your life that hasn't happened really can probably change you. And it really will kind of affect you the rest of the day. (laughs) You know, (laughs) if you watch a movie that shows that you were responsible for your mother's death and that your father died and holy cow, like that that would ruin my day, you know, and I think that would really put a lot of thoughts in my head and it would definitely be like a, a character altering moment or moments uh, from here on out. 
Yeah, I, I I wasn't sure if they did that on purpose, like to separate the audience from what just happened or if it was kind of an oversight. Um, if they're trying to make the audience forget that he just came from 2012 or um, if they said, OK, OK, we dealt with that. Now we're going to ignore it. And, yeah. you know, because, he, he, yes, it changes you if you see those things. But I mean. It doesn't mean that you can't remember that, oh, yesterday I was really mad and it still made me mad today. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, I thought it was unique how they dealt with that. Um, what do you think about the technology at the TVA and everything? Yeah, I mean, it does kind of make them almost, you know, more powerful gods than what Thor and Loki are, you know, with the stuff that they have. But if they are explaining it that there's these timekeeper beings that are legit like gods uh and that they are just fulfilling these three timekeepers purposes uh i i guess they should have that sort of power to to do all that kind of stuff but i think i i don't know i i've made so many predictions with wandavision that then i just stopped myself for falcon and winter soldier because i was so disappointed by (laughs) being so completely wrong with everything for wandavision (laughs) that i'm trying not to do that with loki but I really feel like maybe Loki is going to bring down the TVA by episode six. How many episodes are there? Six. Okay. All right. So do you think it's setting the stage for, for just chaos, like in the in the next Doctor Strange movie? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I thought I knew WandaVision. You know, I knew what was happening. and I was so wrong. But my prediction would be that, yeah, this, this stuff is going to tie into the multiverse. But I think it's also going to tie into Ant-Man and Wasp because the judge is Kang's lover in the comic books. And Kang is supposed to be the villain in Ant-Man and Wasp, the, the next one, Quantumania. So I feel like Loki is kind of going to set up you know, more than just set the table for the series, but maybe set the table going forward with the MCU. It will. And that's kind of what I don't understand um, with these with with these shows and like their release dates and everything, because Wanda ended where she she still she still wants power and she's reading the dark home. Right. Yeah. All right. Which is which if I've learned anything from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a bad idea. (laughs) So she's doing that. But then Falcon and Winter Soldier come out and that really doesn't you know, it doesn't really crescendo into anything. It's just, okay, you got to be better. And now there's a black captain America. That's the message I got out of that. Um, but then this is going to come out like, so where are we going to go in the movies? We got black widow coming out. We got the, a new Spider-Man. We got Eternals. Um, when does Ant-Man and Wasp and when does Dr. Strange come out? Believe Dr. Strange comes out next February or March. Okay. So it's not too far away. No, and we still have Shang-Chi, and we have What If, and we should have uh, Ms. Marvel and possibly the She-Hulk. Although, uh, well, Hawkeye. I forgot Hawkeye. Those shows should all be ready to go as well before uh, Doctor Strange. Right. I wonder how many of those are going to have anything to do with the multiverse. And so it just seems a little weird that they would be setting it up this soon or this early. Well, if we look at the movies, you were able to have... Watch Captain America Winter Soldier, which is so grounded and like in the nitty gritty of real life and then have a palate cleanser and watch Guardians of the Galaxy. And it all fits in the same spot, but you, it's totally two different movies. They they can they can uh, stand on their own, 
but they're also connected. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of how these are all going to act as well. Not everything is necessarily going to be like multiverse driven. I I don't think like I'm guessing Shang-Chi probably is not going to be that way. Uh, I think Eternals is probably going to be like foundation laying on stuff like that. But I don't think that Ms. Marvel will probably have very much to do with the multiverse. But yet She-Hulk is going to be a comedy, like a, a, a sitcom comedy, but Many things that she's done in her comics have had to do with uh, multiverse and different realities and stuff like that. That's true, yeah, because she breaks the fourth wall and everything, right? Yeah, she's the the Deadpool before Deadpool. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, that's true, and that's very interesting. Um, what I, did you? Th- no, go on. That's what I've always liked about Marvel is I feel like they have picked a genre and then made a movie for that genre as opposed as the opposed to you know, like maybe. The other way around you know we were we had wandavision which was like a 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s sitcom in 2008 we never ever would have guessed that marvel would have figured out a way to make that happen and they did and they had this spy thriller with with uh like cop chase who's good who's bad with winter soldier and then they had this space comedy with guardians of the galaxy and I mean, you know, just pick a movie and, and it fits into all these weird different genres. And then for Infinity War and Endgame, it all came together and it and it worked. So I think that's kind of what their play is for Phase 4 as well. It's like, let's see, you know, can we get a, can we do like a martial arts genre? Can we do a prequel to stuff that has already happened, you know, with Black Widow? Can we do something, can we basically try and repeat what we did with Guardians is take, you know, these five unknown characters to anybody and make it huge. Can we do that with the Eternals? So I think they're just kind of, they're just going for it, really. And they're, they've kind of like any, any barriers that they've had or, or uh, any predispositions about what Marvel should be. I think every time somebody comes up with one, they just knock it down and say, well, this is what we're going to do anyways. <laughs> and it's, it's successful. I'm pretty impressed that they were able to knock them out of the park every single one. I mean, except for maybe Thor, the Dark World and Hulk, uh, depending on your take on those. Right. Well, and right. And they still made good money. Right. That's true. So can, transitioning away from Loki, are you done talking about Loki or no? Uh, there was something I was going to ask you about. Did you see when Well, the D.B. Cooper thing? I thought that was brilliant in how they connected that. That was, I had to explain that to my family. Uh, that was nuts. I was like, why in the world would they, why would they bring this up and tie this into this real life story? It just seemed odd to me. But I was like, well, I mean, it fits. But like, unless you had multiple examples of this all throughout history, I don't know. I, I would leave it alone. You know, like, it just seems like one of those things where, um, you say, oh, here's a here's a very coincidental and it fits very well um, and we're going to do it one time. But if you can't do it multiple times to prove a point about the character, then I would have left it alone. Well, we haven't seen the next five episodes. Right. Do you, so I guess my question is, do you think that they're going to continue to do stuff like that? I believe so. I remember there were a couple leaks that came out. Well, possible rumors and leaks about that the show was going to be various points in time that Loki ended up being responsible for. And history has just never given him that credit because they did, it just didn't know. So whether it was something like um, one of the rumors was that he's going to be at Pompeii 
and something's going to happen that he's going to be partially either there, he's going to be responsible for it. And then when you watch the trailer, he is in a village and you see a volcano exploding in the background. Like, okay. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay, well then, then I do like it then. I, I think if they stick with it, it's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I, I thought it was very imaginative, but if they stick with it, it's good. But if they don't stick with it and it's a one-time thing, I think it's wasted. So between WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki, where is Loki ranking for you between those three right now? I know we're only one episode in. Uh, right now, it's it's at the top. It's at the top. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You don't you don't agree? I loved Wandavision. I thought Wandavision was just amazing. I liked the whole thing, but I didn't. It was gimmicky in the. I I enjoyed the creativity of the gimmick in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it didn't add to the story. Uh, the gimmick didn't add to the story more more than what they had there. You know what I mean? Like you could have done the same thing without going overboard every single episode, and it you know it starts to break down more and more and more. Okay, let me. It's it's like that movie. Um, uh, Vantage Point. Have you ever seen this movie? <laughs> Do you even have to ask? Okay, so in this movie, I think it's called Vantage Point. Um, you see a murder or an assassination. And you see the same thing over and over and over again um, from different people's vantage point. Well, it's an interesting movie to watch once, but like as you're going through, you start to say, oh, that was a piece of information I didn't see this person saw. Um, But it's not a linear movie that you could say, okay, it had a first act, second act, third act, you know, that type of thing. And so Mm -hmm. it's creative and you like it for its creativity, but the story is lacking and that kind of stuff. That's how I kind of felt about uh, WandaVision. Like, hey, it's amazing what they could do with this, but they can't hold to it and it starts to break apart at the end. And so why do it in the beginning? You know, why make like why make like six episodes where it's like, okay, we're going through the eras and then the last two episodes or whatever um, say, okay, now now we're actually going to tackle this story. It's fallen apart to the point where we can't even keep it together. You know, well, I thought it was just fun. I think part of it is just fun to see. No doubt about it. <laughs> You're like, no, it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> but Falcon and Winter Soldier, I, I enjoyed some of the middle episodes were just amazing. Like episode three, episode four, I thought those were phenomenal. Um, but I think that they weren't, they're not as fun, like you're saying, as I think the whole series of Loki is going to be. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Where is it ranked for you? Um, I was pretty disappointed with Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I'm going to say that Loki is tied with it right now because I just need more information. You know, it was a good pilot, but I need to like, I feel like a pilot sells everybody, but episodes two and three of the show kind of cements your support for it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually surprised that I'm higher on it than you are. I'm not. We're pretty opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the Eternals trailer. Yeah. What do you think about this thing? Well, it didn't show anything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're in in total agreement. It was just a bunch of visuals, and they're like, uh, put Marvel on it, and good luck, God bless, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing with that that idea. I mean, we don't know who the villain is, right? Well, some toys got out, and one of the toys that shows that the villain is, his name is Crow, 
KRO, but he was not in the trailer. Okay, is he in the comic? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. But yeah, but we- you would you could see this and not put Marvel at the end of it and just be like it's some sci-fi movie, you know? Yeah. So then it's like what is so dire that they have to come now? They have to interfere now where they didn't interfere before, right? Yeah. Was Endgame not, you know, Endgame not big enough? Thanos snapping his fingers not huge? I mean, unless you're going to kill everybody, right? <clears throat> Instead of half? Well, I I mean, did did some of them get snapped, you know? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I was wondering, that, like, so the TVA, they didn't get snapped, right? Did they? I don't know. <laughs> That's a great so, question. Anyway, these are these are things that I was, you know, kind of thinking about, like, okay, well, the Eternals, I, I wasn't fully looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy, even though I read the comic. Um, not totally looking forward to the Eternals, even though I read some of those comics. Um, but, I mean, it, it's still a Marvel movie. I'm still looking forward to it. But if I'm not involved in the villain at all, it's going to be harder. Yeah, I think I think it was probably just a teaser because everybody had been clamoring for for it forever and the movie has been done for a while. And maybe they're just like, let's just put out a tease, not really tell people about it, see what happens. I felt the timing was off on the the teaser trailer as well. Like, you know, the end where you're supposed to get a big bang and it says, well, I could lead the Avengers. Like, who, like that didn't really seem like like a, a, a big thing, you know, like everybody was like, uh, OK. Oh, yeah. Like, who who are you? Why? Why does this even matter? How do you know who the Avengers are? Like, it, it totally flopped. Yeah. OK. All right. It didn't have the punch that I felt like it needed. Correct. Not for, not for you either. No, no, totally. Like, no. Why would I? care about him saying that why did everybody laugh you know yeah yeah who are these characters right yeah i am not sure i don't know all right okay so one more question about loki before we move on to the gala what do you think about this sacred timeline that idea that concept kind of like the 616 in the comic books yeah so them saying that there's one that's more important than the others because even in the comic books they never said that there was one that was more important than the others right they just said that this is the one we publish about basically yeah i think so so maybe it's just a semantics thing okay um for some reason i felt like like they said no this is the one that's supposed to happen we're not supposed to like it it made it seem like there are no other multiverses right now and they're actually trying to prevent multiverses from coming into being yes i got that impression as well and then when they like hold that thing up in their hand and you see it like diverging and they don't want it to get the red to hit the red line when it's diverging uh okay i see yeah i watch the episode i always watch every episode twice because i wake up in the morning and watch it and then jennifer and i watch it together in the evening so i i always catch more stuff the second time yeah (laughs) okay so to me it was like okay this we we need the sacred timeline because this is the one that's supposed to happen but by the end if if it truly is tying into uh Doctor Strange, then everything is gonna by the by the end and maybe by the middle, everything is gonna diverge so much that it's going to make a multiverse and it seems like something they're going to have to fix. 
That is the impression I'm kind of getting. Okay. All right. So it's setting the stage, like giving you the rules. I thought it was interesting how they uh, gave you the lowdown also. Like they really explained because they needed to explain to Loki. I thought that that was, it wasn't clever, but it was a, a it was a good use of, you know, somebody else explaining everything. Kind of like in Thor Ragnarok when it was like, okay, you've been found and you're going to be uh, in the arena, you know? When mm-hmm. he's sitting in the chair. So anyway, all right. So you, how do you what do you are you not about this uh, being one more important timeline than another? Um, if there are multiple timelines or multiple alternate realities, then I don't. I would need some reason why one is more important than the other. If they're trying to keep only one and they're trying to not have multiple ones, and the only one is called the sacred timeline, then I can get behind that. But if one is more important than the others, I mean, why? Who cares? I mean, if one's doing be- if, if one's doing better than another suddenly, then why not pick that one and then say, oh, this one can just die, and we're good with this one. Gotcha. Well, we will see. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right, how do you want to tackle this gala? So the the Hellfire Gala is something that Emma Frost has decided to put on, and uh, it's kind of re- it's gonna kind of welcome the entire world, various famous people and leaders, to be able to take a one-time foot on uh, the soil of Krakoa, kind of see what's going on, but it's also going to serve as a purpose um, of information about Krakoa. It's going to establish the and present the new team of X-Men, the new roster of X-Men, as there's not been a roster of X-Men for a while. And um, it's also meant to kind of look like the Met Gala that New York does every year where people dress up and they wear these way over the top costumes and outfits. And uh, the interesting thing is that Marvel has decided to take this uh, this crossover and make it be one night. Okay, so one night is going to take place in all these these issues. And you were just going to see it from different perspectives, kind of like the Vantage Point movie, and <laughs> all kind of fits together. So I thought, I at first I thought the approach was uh, super lame, that I was going to have to buy like, 15 books or whatever to see what happens. But as as I'm reading through these, I'm seeing that uh, I don't have to necessarily read all of them, that it looks like some of these are just going to be some side stories that, you know, if I, if I miss one issue of something, I can still get the gist of what's going on with the gala. And uh, but if I want to, I can read them and kind of get a, a bigger picture. Is that kind of how you saw the gala or gala? And how do you say it? Do you say gala or gala? Uh, I, I don't. I don't say it. I don't know. I always remember this comedian who was like, I always wanted to uppercut a punk at a gala gala event. And he said it both ways. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I always say them together. Gala, gala, whatever. Okay. Well, let's do that then. So one thing I noticed right off the bat is how many X titles there are. There are no repeats in the list that you gave me. There are no repeats of an X title. Yeah, I know. I know. I've what do you think about that? Yeah, there's way too many. There are absolutely way. So we got Marauders, X-Force, Hellions, Excalibur, X-Men, Children of the Atom, Planet Size X-Men, which granted that's just a one shot. Okay. Uh, then there's New Mutants, X-Core, Wolverine, Sword, Way of X, X-Factor, which has been canceled, and Cable. Which is 
<laughs> okay, so lay it on me. Children of the Atom, X-Core, and Way of X. What are these? I have not read any of these. Yeah, Children of the Atom is super lame. It's about a bunch of kids um, who have, you know, they supposedly are mutants, but yet they can't get on Krakoa. They can't go through the gates. So something's up with that. Uh, what was the other one? X-Core is a series with... Um, Angel and M, they're like the main two people uh, doing some philanthropic things. It kind of came out of uh, Secret Empire X-Men. Did you read that? Secret Empire? Uh, Not Secret, just regular Empire. My bad. Oh, 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 oh. Empire Salad. Yes, I remember that. Where he's eating the salad. Yep. Yes. So that came out of that. Uh, And then Way of X is a Nightcrawler-centric book that... um, Kind of has Nightcrawler kind of questioning, you know, everything that's going on through a faith lens. But uh, Legion has shown up. So to kind of throw a wrench into things. So X-Core, I love M. I don't know why. I just love that character. (laughs) I'm a sucker for when Peter David writes her. Um, So I might pick that up. And Way of X doesn't sound too bad. Have you been reading Way of X at all? Uh, I read the first issue. Just the first issue is all I've been able to read so far. Okay. And what'd you think? Uh, it was okay. It was okay. The I like I really like Nightcrawler a lot, but I think his supporting cast is very much to be desired. It's a bunch of super boring characters, and uh, the X Men as a team, I really feel like they work well when they're all bouncing off of each other. When you've got some like three or four interesting characters, and then maybe three or four that aren't super interesting, and to have the dynamics of them play off of each other and give those uninteresting characters a moment to shine. Uh, because they're interacting with those other more interesting characters. So when you have Nightcrawler, who's like, sweet, like, who doesn't like Night? Like, really, let's think. Who who doesn't like Nightcrawler? Everybody likes Nightcrawler. Uh-huh. <laughs> then the rest of his cast are, like, lame. You yeah. Know, he's, he's, he's pulling the whole book by himself. Well, I think that's the case with a lot of these books, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you have one central character that people like, and then maybe like then they'll buy people will buy all these titles because they like those one central characters. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I I was very much on on board when House of X and Powers of X came out. Like six issues of both of those, I thought it was just revolutionary what Hickman was doing. He got it off to a great start, but I feel like a lot of the titles have really just struggled since. The like is that is that your sentiment or do other people does the general population feel that as well? I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I try and have my pulse on how people feel about stuff and and there are a lot of people that are just like oh my gosh Marauders is just amazing it's the best thing ever and I finish reading it I'm like what junk was that that I just read you know yeah oh maybe i'm maybe i'm totally off base but i do know a lot of people have said there's way too many x books out there like we're we're back to 1995 again so uh, right yeah so but the main x-men book that hickman's writing if they're starting another x-men number one is that correct yes so is he not writing it anymore so this will well this is to debut the new team and when you put a number one on it, it sells a few more issues, unfortunately. But he's not the writer, though. Is he not? I didn't. I didn't even realize that. I thought. <clears throat> I thought. I thought somebody else was. Maybe I could be wrong, but uh, huh. Okay, I have to look that up. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, Jerry Duggan is writing it. Interesting. So does that mean where's Hickman? 
Uh, well, he is kind of the what's the he's not the editor he's not the editor in chief but he's kind of still he's the guide i guess he's like the north star that he still has his hand in in everything and he's still controlling things um and people are still working towards his his ultimate end game whatever that might be see i still kind of have trust in his story um but again spreading out the teams like this you know i don't know okay so let's dive into these books marauders 21 um what did you think yeah, it was it was okay. You know, it was all right. It was kind of the I guess you know for lack of a better term, again, it's kind of set the table again. You know, for where we're going as it was the first part of the Hellfire Gala Gala. Uh, just kind of introduced us to the baseline stuff of of exactly what was going on, so we would understand when we got into X Force, Hellions, Excalibur, etc. Would Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. What would you say is the best part of this book? Name the, some good parts. The the art. I like the art on the book. The coloring or the pencils? The pencils. I thought that I thought the colors were good too. I like I like bright. Yeah. It it definitely is bright. Yeah. <laughs> I would say probably Pyro's face tattoo is my favorite thing. I can't tell if you are making a joke. No, I hate that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> So okay, funny. I thought that I thought there were some cool things in here. I thought uh, the Fantastic Four interaction, uh, the interaction between Captain America and Doctor Doom, uh, that was cool. I Kitty Pride is just terrible. Right? Beast, what happened to Beast? Oh. This guy. I know. I miss. I know old. he's he's worse in X Force, obviously his own title. Yeah. Um, I really do like the interplay with Doom. That's probably my favorite thing about this book uh, between Captain America, Emma Frost and doom and how doom views Krakoa. Um, I like that a lot, but yeah, the rest of it's kind of like just setting the stage. You find out that something happened where people have to be evacuated or at least they leave a little bit early. And then you have uh, Captain America kind of versus Scott, which Scott looks awful. Um, these, these outfits are terrible, right? <laughs> I, can we, yeah. Can we just say that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I'm familiar with the Matt Gala Gala, and I've seen some of the outlandish things that they wear. But these outfits just seem to say, hold my non-alcoholic beverage, you know, like, wow. (laughs) They're a little odd. Okay, all right. Anything else about uh, Marauders 21? No. And and um, just as we're going down the list, I forgot to read Children of the Atom. I didn't I didn't get to it. So I read the first five. All right, perfect. Well, there's only four issues out. So, oh, you mean five of this. Okay. <laughs> five of these. Okay, yeah. so moving on to X-Force number 20. All right, we get to see a different take on Iron Man versus... Uh, oh, I lost his name. Quentin. What's his name? Mutant. Quentin. Quentin Choir. Yeah, Quentin Choir. But what his? what's his mutant name? Uh, isn't it Quentin like, Choir? Kid Omega. Oh, oh yeah, I guess he does go by that, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I read Morrison's run. Yeah. All right, so then we see Beast. Like, the art on X-Force is, is weird, and it has been for these last 20 issues, right? I mean, I don't think they've changed artists that I've huh. seen, but art is strange. Yeah. Uh, but Beast, why? Why is Beast this way? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. I saw him one time in a Warren Ellis comic an astonishing x-men ghost boxes right 
where mm, he destroyed yeah. an entire civilization, and that's where we're like, who? What beast is this? But now he just lives that every day, right? He does, unfortunately. Why, why is that? What are we doing here? I know. He's just terrible. He's not the happy-go-lucky, oh, my stars and garters, lovable, bouncing blue beast. He hasn't been like that for like 10 years, though. I guess that's a quarter of all the X-Men comics, right? No, the X-Men have been there since 63. 63, what are we at? 20, so 60 years, so one-sixth. Yeah, he's just been a huge jerk face. Much like uh, Xavier. Yeah, but and like they used to have morals and ethics, and they just, Beast and Xavier just kind of threw those out the window, and uh, I think a couple bad writers got a hold of them, and then they just kind of went with it. And a lot of the, well, I mean, with Xavier, at least, a lot of it was retconning back to how awful he used to be, and you just didn't know, so let's tell you about it. Right, yeah, with Deadly Genesis, right? Oh, yeah, it just went from there. I think that was that was one of the, I know that. I know that there was one or two things before that, but Deadly Genesis was the big thing where he, yeah, he, he turned his back on the team. His team turned his back on him. Thanks a lot, Brew Baker. And then you left Marvel. Ridiculous. <laughs> so what did, you, what did you think when Deadpool showed up in this issue? Who cares? I'm like, <laughs> I just don't. I've never liked Deadpool. I, I mean, I liked Deadpool when he originally was around, like 92, 93, 94. He was the Merc with the mouth. Um, but it wasn't so in your face and, you know, Deadpool was just everywhere. And then to have him show up here too, it just was a huge turnoff. And, you know, he's defeating Wolverine, you know, Wolverine is the best there is at what he does. Uh, so it doesn't take Domino and Wolverine to both get out there and be defeated by a guy with a rubber ducky. That's what I thought. What did you think? I thought it was fine that he showed up. I thought it was a little bit of humor, like after having it be, the second issue, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to see different stories. That's fine. They're going to have a little bit of fun with this. So I was happy about that. Um, but they is he not a mutant? Because they were talking, like, Wolverine says, you're no mutant. I thought for sure he was a mutant. Yeah, he used to be a mutant. Okay. But, you know, there are 700 Marvel titles out now, so I feel like I don't know as much as I used to know. Crazy. All right. So for some reason, he seemed like a big part of this book. But looking back through it, I mean, it's him showing up is kind of a small thing compared to them spying on everybody. Uh, but I just don't care about that. I care more about Deadpool showing up because it's fun than them <sighs> spying on everybody. So uh, according to online, <laughs> uh, Deadpool is a mutate with superhuman abilities because he was subjected to experiments on uh, the weapon X program. Uh, <laughs> as they yeah. say. So maybe next year he'll be a mutant and maybe next okay. year Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch will be the kids of Magneto too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So was this issue better or worse than Marauders? Uh, worse. You? Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it more. Well, no, no. Marauders <laughs> was better. Because the Doctor Doom and Fantastic Four. Yeah, the Doctor Doom thing was very cool. And he was very much in character. So I like that. All right. So now, Hellions 12. What did you think of this? Yeah, this is kind of one of those issues that definitely dovetailed off the main storyline. That would be a, a hit or miss. You know, you don't have to read this and you still know everything that's going on at the Gala Gala. Uh, but if you want to read it to continue on with the Hellions, that makes sense. You know, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you say that. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, Havoc is really going hard about getting Madeline to come back, which is 
like, dude, that was your ex-sister-in-law who, you know, tried to kill you, but you thought, oh, I should date you. Like, that's a whole Maury Povich episode right there. And you're trying <laughs> to bring her back. You know, I was more intrigued with the Wild Child Aurora stuff and the fact that not all the Hellions were even invited to the Gala Gala. That's what I liked about the issue. Yeah, I thought this issue had ups. Like, really, there were some fantastic things about this issue, and then there were just some terrible things about this issue. I actually like the team interplay. I like this team a lot more than some of the other teams. They gel a lot more, even though they're weirdo, wacko characters. <laughs> like, who are these people, right? <laughs> they're crazy. They are. They are crazy. Um, so that was cool. I like Havoc. Um, I've liked Havoc for a long time. Uh even though he's he's crazy, didn't he get like in in Remender's run with Uncanny Avengers? He got his face like burned off or something. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. Yeah, that's where I don't like him. I didn't not like that run, but I usually like him. Now the I don't understand what is going on with Sinister, and I know we've talked about this before, but Sinister is just awful. Where is the scary dude from? The X-Men 92 cartoon. Right? Like in the shadows with the creepy voice manipulating everything. Instead, he's like, look at me. Here I am. Let me tell you a a terrible joke and be sassy about it. (laughs) Oh, it's terrible. Now, did the scary sinister show up at the end of this book? That's what I want to know. Who knows? Did he? (laughs) Well, I mean, all right, the last page. Yeah. What sinister is this? Do we know? No, we don't know. How many Sinisters are there, you know? Well, there's millions of them, right? Didn't he? Well, I mean, hundreds, I guess. Didn't he make all these clones? Yeah. So you never know who you're who you're talking with or who you've talked with. or It, it, it kind of does make you wonder where this is all going with so many different writers, so many different books. How in the world could all this fit together, right? Mm-hmm. So I do wonder about that. What, what did you think of this this book? I mean, better, worse? Um, I thought it was probably better than X-Force, but not as good as Marauders. Okay. I enjoyed this one better than Marauders. Okay. Yeah, not too so, bad. But, but now going into Excalibur, which yes. is a whole box of cats with rabies, I, I just don't know about this book. This book is awful. It has been awful this whole time. Oh, and I feel like they're just recycling all this Otherworld stuff every issue. Who cares? How long are they gonna do this? Like, when did when did Apocalypse die? Did I did I just not finish X of Swords? He stayed there at, in X of Swords. Okay, all right. And he hasn't been in this book for that long. I mean, X of Swords was only a couple months ago, right? <laughs> Maybe it feels like it, but we haven't recorded it since November. I feel like, right? And it was yeah. near the end. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he's been, so it's just been a few, I mean, what, six, seven months, you know, he's been since X of Swords was done. Hasn't been too long. But this, this book is just awful. And like Shatterstar and Richter and like, oh my goodness, Jubilee and her baby, which never should have entered into any of the comics ever. <laughs> should have stayed a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. And oh man. The only cool thing about this issue, all right, I will say this. The only cool thing about this issue is where Brit, uh, Great Britain says, no, we're done. We're done. We're not. It's the politics. <laughs> we're not. 
<laughs> we're not a, we have a treaty with you anymore. Yeah, but then look what they did. Like that was part was cool, and then they went back and they took Pete Wisdom, and they're like, "Hey, let's sacrifice you to bring back Morgan Le Fay again!" Yay! Like, uh, go away, go away. Oh, and Rachel just looks terrible in this issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was her her costume as a hound. You know, I don't. Well, I mean, it was a. Uh, deviation of that costume, but you know, I don't know that I would want to put on a costume of something that reminds me of being a slave, basically. Uh, they're a slave to the music here, obviously. <laughs> so I'm guessing that one is probably the lowest for you. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Now I don't understand. Did everybody just like? I, I I don't remember there being such like. You know what? No, I'm not even gonna say that. Okay. <laughs> well, so do you want to move on to X-Men then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I can't. I'm done with this issue. This is terrible. Right. Then then cleanse your palate and tell me about X-Men. Okay. All right. So let me pull this up. Now, in Hickman fashion, there was not a lot of uh, wording in this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in general, and, and I know you got to go pretty soon here, so we can we can knock this out. I love Hickman's books. I love the writing. I love the intrigue. I love how they are still after Namor. I think that that's the best thing about this book. <laughs> I love how proud and arrogant this guy is. And he's meeting with, basically, uh, he's meeting with the the Illuminati right there in that one uh, scene. And he's just so high above these guys. And just because he's a mutant, and he's like, you're going to offer, offer me a seat at the table? I'll listen when you offer me a throne above the entire world, basically. <laughs> just I, it, That's just so amazing to me. So I love that. That was, that was great. Now, this next part about selecting the new X-Men. First of all, the art is awful. <laughs> and, and these X-Men, like, who is Sync? He was in Generation X. Okay, okay. And I know we got two Spider-Man out there, but now we have two Wolverines. I thought it was X-23. What happened here? She's been Wolverine for years. <sighs> but they've both been called Wolverine for years, too. Yeah, that's not confusing. <laughs> well, it was the same thing with Miles and Peter. What, I know, that's what I mean. I don't. I, yeah. I am not for that either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you are going to say, oh, that's the black Spider-Man, like, that's wrong, but his costume is black. I mean, like, but this is the girl Wolverine, right? Yeah. No, let's just put it out there. Like, this team is lame. This roster is lame. What are they thinking with this roster? Like, I, I don't know, but it was not, it's not, hashtag not my X-Men. So you got Scott and, and Gene and Rogue mm-hmm. and then Polaris, which maybe, but then Sync and Sunfire and Girl Wolverine. I don't know, man. Like, And Polaris was a fan vote. They did a fan vote. Um, with 10 different possible characters, and she got the most votes. Well, I mean, that's what Marvel told us. That's what Marvel said. They're like, ah, <laughs> uh, we want this person. They got the most votes. I mean, uh, this it's not its not the worst roster, but, you know, you kind of got the lamest of the X-Men on this team. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there is. Is there a lamer roster? I mean, I could come up with one, I think. Okay. If you put if you put Angel on this team and you take out Gene. No, I meant like previous rosters. Like it was there. I thought there was a roster that you thought of that was worse than this one. Oh, maybe not. No, maybe not. This is pretty yeah. bad. 
Yeah, I, I think it needs. Uh, I think Sunfire and X23 maybe need to peace out and throw in like Storm and Gambit instead. I think then I'd be okay. Because I kind of like it is. You know, the X Men has always had you know like the set group of people and then one or two newbies. Like when Cannonball joined and he was the newbie, or when Jubilee joined, or uh, when Shadowcat joined. And so I'm fine with like Sync joining. And even though he's been around for a while, he's been dead for you know like 20 years. So uh, <laughs> so it's kind of cool to have him, and he can kind of learn some stuff and see. And his power, he's got a great power set. But some of that, like Sunfire, he's just not a team player. He's never been a team player. Put somebody on there that is cool, not just for the visuals of showing some fire you know yeah it's very odd um so then the art returns to something i like uh after this but then kevin feige shows up and then i don't know who this other guy is who's trying to get a drink uh he looks like a real person but i don't understand why uh they're there and then there's some fireworks in their minds and if you i don't understand what's going on on this last page do you like is she pointing at the sun is she pointing at a firework are there people riding things inside of this what is this what are we supposed to get here i don't know there's a lot of rumors about the x-men are going to go to mars and colonize it there and that's possibly where some of those mutants were heading when they went to that portal um so that could be a possibility that maybe that is an allusion to something going on on mars I don't know. Okay. All right. What'd you think of this issue? Yeah, I had it. I'm pretty much on the same page with you. There were, there were ups and downs, but it wasn't a very consistent issue. The roster doesn't make me excited to get X-Men number one. Like it's just, to me, it's just another X book. It's, it doesn't have the gravitas of what X-Men number one should represent. You know, X-Men number one was like the Jim Lee bringing, you know, splitting the team into two and you got Chris Claremont and Jim Lee and it was, changing an era that's what x-men number one should be this is not even close you know there's no gravitas or weight to this i agree i i, I think that this uh it, so i'm very interested in what books hickman is going to be writing i might try way of x but if hickman's not going to be writing any of these i'm probably going to drop them and not keep up with anything of the X-Men and just read reviews. You'll save money that way. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of money with this many books. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what happens with the rest of the gala. But, you know, again, like, what for? Yeah, because we still have nine issues. So stuff, stuff is going down. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you think, but we already reached the end of the evening. <laughs> yeah, but we're there's middle parts, you know? If we'll Apocalypse if Apocalypse comes back and isn't in the Excalibur book, I'll probably read that book. If Magneto was in charge of a team, I'd read that book. Well, the, something happens at the gala, gala, and it sounds like Magneto kills somebody. Where was that? That was in a preview uh, uh, for what comes after the gala gala. Oh, okay. All right, the gala gala. Yeah, it's on Facebook. You have to check you check out our Facebook page sometime. I will do that. <laughs> I, will, I will do that. <laughs> all right anything else to say before we wrap up here looking forward to how this gala gala wraps up though i am uh i'm more excited about than i thought i would be uh initially once i read the issues but i'm not yeah. excited like i can't wait until the next issue i'm not there <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm with you. I had fun. I had fun reading these. I sat down and read five of them yesterday when I was recovering from my malaria. And uh, so I, I was surprised how much fun I had. So that was good. Oh, good. All right. Well, this is the M6P. Again, go to our website, themsxp.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, themsxp. And what is the third one? Our website. I did the website. I just did oh. the website. Oh, email us. Email <laughs> us at m6plc at gmail.com. You can check us out on all the social medias, Instagram, everything under the M6P. We're also on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel under the M6P. And if you want to be a part of the show, give us a call at 616-755-TINA. We are sponsored by DCB Service, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, the best place on the internet to get all of your single-issue comics at deep discounts, 40% off on all your Marvel books. Also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. Check them out at CRPSavings.com for all of your savings on anything that you need at Office Depot. Their subscription service, that is uh, amazing. $39 for a year, and you can save billions of dollars on everything you need at Office Depot. We're also sponsored by Darren Michaels' YouTube page at 5 O'Clock Collectibles. And we're sponsored by TheMarvelousBox.com for $25 every quarter. You can get a span, brand new spanking issues of graphic novels worth over $100 delivered right to your front door. TheMarvelousBox.com So, until next time, we are the M6B. Gala Gala, Gala Gala, Gala Gala, Gala Gala. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, like when I talk, how many dots go up? No, right below that it says automatically adjust microphone settings. Turn that off so that it's gray. And then below that, make sure that little dial knob is between 8 and 9. You don't want it at 10? I don't think so. <laughs>